just saw there on the announcement, in two weeks from this weekend, our presentation, Where the Light Shines Through, uh, we'll be doing that. And the theme of that, Where the Light Shines Through, it just seems so strategic based on what's going on in the culture and in our country. There, there just seems to be a lots of things coming to light, is there not? There's corruption. There's uh, things in the media coming to light, things that have been in darkness, things that have been done behind the scenes. Some of those things are coming to light because I, I don't know about you, but I believe God's healing our land. He's, he's working to expose some of the things because he wants to bring healing. Do you believe that? And so this idea of light and that he is light and he introduced himself in the very beginning that God is light. Jesus called himself light of the world. We're, we're building on that theme over the, the next couple weeks. And, uh, and I pray it just even today as we talk about light and the nature of light and the nature of his light, that your heart will be open to what he wants to do, what he wants to illuminate on the inside. Is that okay? And last week, we talked about sanctification and that process of how God brings things to light. So I'm going to pick that up a little bit today and build on last week's and kind of move us forward towards our, our presentation, what's coming up in a couple weeks here. I, I was talking to John Collier. How many know John? John's been with our church for 10 plus years coming and doing ministry and he just got back from uh, Thailand and the Thai-Burma border on uh, Myanmar, and uh, he was recording for AFCM's Bible schools, and I had been invited to go, and I wasn't able to go this season. But uh, we were talking about what's going on in Burma, the civil war. Thousands have been uh, killed in that war, and yet at the same time, in that darkness, God's beginning to bring his light. And he said the director of the Bible school over there used to be a child soldier, and like many places of conflict in the world, the young people get exploited, the young people get recruited, the young people get uh, just uh, th this uh, heart of hatred for the opposition, and uh, they go to war at a very young age. It's tragic all over the world. But John said this young guy that's leading the Bible school used to be one of these child soldiers, and Jesus has totally changed his heart. He says he's one of the sweetest guys you'd ever want to be around, one of the kindest guys you'd ever be want, want around. And then John says this to me. He says, Mike, that's why we got to keep preaching the gospel around the world, because it brings light to darkness. It, it changes lives. Do you believe that? When light comes in, it changes lives. When God's light comes in, it can remove and break hatred off, bitterness off. When light comes in, it gives you a new perspective about your future. When light comes in, it even gives you a new perspective about your past and the brokenness and the hurt. When God's light comes in, it can change everything because light is powerful. It, it, it was in the very beginning where God spoke light, light be, and light came. And still light works in, in, in so many different ways. I spent probably way too much time reason, reading about the physics of light this week because science background and the metaphysical aspects of light. Is it a wave or a particle? Is it, uh, you know, Newtonian physics of how light works and bending? And man, it's just amazing. Light itself is amazing. But when I think about God's light, it's, it's even more amazing. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that this morning. This is the conversion of Saul. And, and when he was converted, this is what he said. Jesus, you know, strikes him down. He hits the ground. You know the story. But this is how it, he recalls it. And he says this, I said, this is, uh, this is Paul getting knocked to the ground. He says, I said, who are you, Lord? And he, Jesus said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Rise, stand on your feet. I'm going to deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. And, and this is his commission. This is the commission that Paul got to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light 
and from the power of Satan to God, that they might receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance. Say inheritance. So it's the two sides of the cross. One side, you, you receive forgiveness of sins, but the other side of the cross, you begin to walk in an inheritance among those who are sanctified or set apart by faith in me. And so he gets knocked to the ground. Blinders come off his eyes, and God speaks to him and says, now this is what I want to use you for. And he says a delivery to turn people from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. So there's a, there's a transfer that happens when the light of the gospel comes in. There's a transfer of, of understanding that happens when Jesus, the light of the world, begins to work in our lives and gets a hold of us. He, he brings understanding. He brings insight. He brings his light into dark situations. And, and how many know when, when we talk about dark and light, often we're comparing them on the same plane. Sometimes we talk about God and the devil like on they're in the same plane. They're not on the same plane. How many know God is infinitely more powerful than a created fallen angel? Infinitely more powerful. And it's the same thing with light. Light always dispels darkness. And so darkness and the twistedness that comes around darkness and the blinders that are over people because of darkness, when light comes, those things are dispelled because light is so much more infinitely more powerful. Amen? This is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Say, in the beginning. In the beginning, the very beginning, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light and there was light. And God saw the light that it was what? That it was what? That it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. In the very beginning, he created light. The ability for illumination, the ability for you and me to see and perceive and to understand. He, he created it from the very beginning. And he, he said it was good. And so light continues in its different forms. Light, it, it's got all kinds of different uh, properties to it. Some of you have probably driven up the I-15 towards Las Vegas. The, this power plant is the Ivan, Ivanpah power plant. I mean, huge generating plant. And it's all because of those little mirrors, they're concentrating light towards the generator in the middle, and I forget, it was like 350 megawatts, it's huge, th this power plant, how much power can come off just because of light being focused towards the middle. This is uh, on top of the Luxor, have anybody seen that pyramid in Las Vegas? No, there, there's 39 lights that go to, to make up that light, and each of those lights are about the size of a washing machine. And, and so they're focused, and that beam of light, at, at 10 miles away, you can still read a book to that light. It's one of the most powerful lights in the whole world that was just created. But it's nothing compared to God's light. And nothing compares to how God's light can permeate, can illuminate, can change darkness in a situation or darkness in a continent. We use light for all kinds of things. There's ultraviolet light at one end of the spectrum, and that ultraviolet light kills bacteria. We can use it, modify it for good. And then there's laser light. Anybody had laser surgery in here? Facelifts? No, I'm just kidding. The, 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 oh, those, those, those kind of things that the laser light, when it's concentrated, can be used for good. So there's power in light and usefulness in light in all kinds of different ways. Here's the electromagnetic spectrum, little background in light. And this is the electromagnetic spectrum from the sun. 
and you can see that at different wavelengths, we can see light. And then beyond, the longer the wavelengths get, we can't see it, but we can sense it, and we can feel it, and we can hear it because, and, and tune into it, because the longer the wavelengths, we get to TV waves and short radio waves and maybe more than you want to know about the electromagnetic spectrum. But th that little band in the middle is the visible light, and that's the light we see. And that's, you know, when, when it hits a prism, light, white light divides into red, yellow, orange, green, red, Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. It's, it's spread out into that spectrum of visible light, and, and, and that is the light we see. But there's light we can't see, and God's light's like that. Sometimes we can't see it with our physical eye, but God's light's more powerful. It's more penetrating. It's purposeful. God sends light for a purpose. He, he sends it to break off old thought patterns. He sends light into our heart and illumination in our heart so we quit hating, so prejudice gets broken off our lives and our hearts. Misunderstanding gets healed because he brings light. H hatred hurts from the past. Why the father wounds stay forever is sometimes we haven't allowed God's light to come and to touch those things and to expose those things and bring fresh illumination so we can be free. God's light just doesn't come in judgment. God's light comes for healing because he wants to reveal things to us about who he is. When we sing, great is thy faithfulness, God's light comes in and starts to reveal that he's committed to you, that he's got a plan for you, he's got a purpose for you that his word is forever settled, that his word is true. When God's light comes in, it, it starts making sense, even in the beginning where it was chaotic, and light came and started bringing order to a broken world. Light comes into our life and brings order and understanding and insight, and that's why he says God is light, and he wants you and me to dwell in light. Do you believe that? In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. Read verse 4 with me. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so God brings that light into you because it's much, much more powerful than any darkness. It's much, much more powerful than the strongholds of the enemy, the lies of the enemy. When we allow the light of God's word to come in and the light of his spirit to get in our lives, transformation can truly take place. Scripture says we're changed from glory to glory. And throughout Scripture, phos, one of the words for light, can, can represent the glory of God coming into a place, the light of God coming into a heart, the glory of God coming into a broken dis just a destructive situation, that, that light comes in and it can change everything. How many believe that for your homes and your families? You know, we've had, uh, we still have a couple family members and by the grace of God, many, many of our family members have got saved since Jan and I got married. And we still have projects in our family. How about you? And uh, we have, on Jan's side, there's still a couple stepsisters, one in particular that we still track on Facebook and now she's in her 40s, but she's still kind of going through some of the antics and the ups and downs and the roller coaster of, you know, teen life. Some of the stuff's never changed. Party situations, drug situations, 
things where, you know, you can just tell by what she's saying and what she's really crying out for, that the darkness has still got a grip on our life. But we're not giving up. We believe the light of God's greater than any darkness. Amen? And, and we're praying that the light of the gospel gets a hold of her heart, just like it got a hold of your heart. The light of the gospel starts illuminating where these strongholds are and how, how they got involved with their life. And light, when they illuminate them and people respond, that, that dis- darkness can be dispelled. She can walk as a new being, a changed person. And we're trusting that. Even as we're trusting for these three-plus services we're doing here in the next couple of weeks, the light's going to come on in people's lives, and they're going to get a revelation of who Jesus is. Amen? God said, let there be light, and there was light. And, you know, the contrast of light and darkness is common to all the words for light in both the Old and the New Testaments, especially Hebrew and Greek, this word phos. And it's the little contrast between metaphysical good and evil, God and evil forces, believers and unbelievers. So when you look through scripture and light is mentioned, it often represents truth where when darkness is mentioned, it's often referring to lies or fallacies. So the idea of truth and and lies, dark, light, those things are, are contrasted in scripture continually. The Bible entertains no thought that darkness is equal in power to God's light. God is the absolute sovereign who rules over the darkness and the powers of evil. Light dispels darkness, and when darkness rules, it's able to do so because of the absence of light. And so in your life, in my life, when darkness gets a hold of us, when darkness starts to creep in a marriage, darkness tries to come into a family, lies, twisted thinking, unbelief, accusation that starts coming in, it it, it can only come in because we haven't allowed the light to be magnified in those situations. When we lift up truth, when we lift up what God has said, when we lift up the promises of God's word, when we begin to worship God and turn on the light, darkness has to leave. It's got to go. It can't stand. It can't manifest. It can't stay in the presence of light. So when God says he's light and we're supposed to be full of him, there's no room for darkness. When, when we're walking in light, when we allow God's light to fill our lives, fill our marriages, fill our homes, there's no room for darkness. That's what he wants us to abide in. Amen? Darkness and light are evocative words. Darkness evokes everything that is anti-God. It represents the wicked, Proverbs 2, 3, judgment, Exodus 10, 21, and death, Psalm 88, 12. Well, light in itself is not divine. It's often used metaphorically for life, Psalm 56, 13, for salvation, for God's commandments in Proverbs 6, 23, and the divine presence of God. In the first creative act, God saw the light was good. So God and light, it represents what's holy about God, what's pure about God, what's right about God, and our relationship with him is represented by the word light. So when scripture warns us, don't dwell in darkness, don't be friends with darkness, don't, don't let darkness hang around, it's an exhortation for you and me to, to come into the light and to walk into the light. And there's power in the light, amen? There's healing in the light. I'm not talking new agey, I'm talking about the light of God, the, the light that comes from the word of God, the glory of God, amen? Light signifies God's presence and his favor, say favor, Psalm 27, 1, Isaiah 9, 2, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it, it, it represents God's light, his, his favors on us. So you're going into a job situation or you're going into a bidding situation for contracts and the light of God's on you and you're highlighted. You ever feel like you've been highlighted for certain things? The favor of God's on you, he's highlighted you because the light of God's on you. 
I've seen it in my household. I've experienced it myself. He wants us to, to live that way, be children of light. Amen? So the light of God represents the Father's glory and overpowering love revealed through Jesus. So when we say we, we pray that our families would walk in the light, that they would know the overpowering love, that the, the light of God represents the work of the Holy Spirit, the warming of cold hearts, and the quickening of our souls. I've seen it in fellowship, just experienced it this week when somebody's downcast or frustrated or they're just going through tough stuff and you start fellowshipping about the Lord, how it seems like the light comes on. You ever experienced that? Start talking about the Lord and the, the light comes on and it's like joy. People, you know, this guy, we started kind of just laughing because of just the Lord, the Lord comes over the conversation and the light comes on. The light of God represents God's revelation and insight into truth. The, the Spirit's expose of lies and of twisting the truth. And the Father's healing power of past wounds and revelation where, they can come, where they've come from. And so when we're exhorted to walk in the light and to bring things to the light, it's because God wants to work. He wants to heal. He wants to deliver. Do you believe that this morning, church? He, Psalm 119 says this concerning his word. And if you're not in a current Bible study right now, and I just challenge you to open up Psalm 119 this week. And I spent some time there the last couple days. It's so, so powerful, the promises concerning the power of God's word and a respect for God's word and a fear of the Lord over God's word. It's just a great, great psalm. But this is, this is what Psalm, 102, psalm 119, 102 says. I have not departed from your judgments, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Though your precepts, or through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Read the yellow with me. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Literally, the psalmist says, your, your word, it lights my way. Your word, Lord, keeps me out of darkness. Your word, God, keeps me walking in the right way, the right plan, the right path. And so keeping that light burning is contingent on us, what? Being in the word, allowing ourselves to, to be saturated, our minds renewed, that the word of God is alive in us and lighting our path and illuminating the direction we should go. Amen? God's word is light. Where the light shines through is our, our, our subject, but this is what happens for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, makes his light shine in our heart. Say, makes his light makes his light shine on our heart to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God and the face of Christ. Now, just, just some practical stuff. Last week, we were talking about sanctification. And could, could I see my little object lesson? I, I see things in pictures. So forgive me if this seems a little elementary. I started as a youth pastor, okay? Children's pastor. But, but when I, I think about God's light coming into areas of my heart, now, women probably aren't as, well, maybe that's generalization. Some women are, but a lot of women aren't as compartmentalized as men. Most of the time, we keep things in little boxes. So we, we keep our work in a little box, and we can forget work, and then we can go play, and we can keep that in a little box. And even with guys, sometimes we can get in a fist fight and afterwards say we're sorry, and that's just a little box. That doesn't affect the rest of our lives. And so often we, we live by little compartments. And uh, women sometimes not so much. It's just kind of spaghetti, they say, you know. 
But men, maybe my boxes, and I know this to be true in my own life, that these different areas of my life, as I've come to Jesus and I've grown in Jesus, there, there seems like seasons where he, he, he wants to work in one area of my life. You know what I'm talking about? Where he starts highlighting, he puts his light on that area of my life. And middle one's money, so, you know, he, he comes in and, and he starts teaching us about money and he starts teaching us about stewardship and he starts teaching us about finances. And there's, there's because he's trying to train you up and Ephesians 4 says the ministry gifts, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service of the ministry that we might be perfect and complete and whole. And so you, you start gleaning those teachings from those different ministry gifts and you start growing and your understanding of money and, and maybe you're in God's presence and, and he comes and he starts showing you and revealing attitudes Things that are going on around money. Maybe it's, here's integrity, the top one. Uh-oh. Some, some dirt in there. And he, he, he starts showing you maybe where white lies, maybe where little things you're doing or saying that are compromising your integrity. He's, he's trying to grow us up to be integrous people, to keep our word, that people can trust us. That as integrity grows, people respect us. As integrity grows in our life, God can trust us. He can use us if, we, if we're mindful and we uh, grow in the area of integrity. There's other little boxes in here. Now, my wife, Jan, she put this together for me, and she's put, oh, here's love. <laughs> a, few, a few rocky places. Yeah, well, okay, let's get it all out. <laughs> okay, all of it comes out. And when God's light comes and, and, you know, maybe we're in service and somebody or you're listening on radio and family life today and somebody starts talking about unforgiveness. And when I hear those kind of messages, that's when to me the Holy Spirit starts shining his light and says, hey, there's places in your heart where you haven't fully forgiven. There's places in your life where you, you really haven't released those. Let me clean them out. And he comes not for judgment, but he comes to heal. He comes to reveal because he wants to heal. Not just to condemn and say, neener, neener, look at how filthy and dirty you are. I can't use you. Your life's a mess. No, he comes because he wants that out of our life. He wants wholeness. Do you believe that? He, he, he comes as a heart surgeon to, to make our heart whole so we can receive love from him, but we can freely give it away that we can be used by him because we learn about love. There's different things in my little list. I don't know if your boxes would look any different, but down here at the bottom, there's secrets. Oh, she put, she put dog hair in, in, in secrets. Some, or, I don't know, vacuum lint. But, but maybe there's areas in your life where the Lord comes and, and he reveals, he starts talking to you about secrets. Things you're keeping secret from your best friend. Things that you're keeping secret from maybe your spouse. And, and he wants integrity. He wants you to be honest and truthful and not be living a double life. So he brings this light to those areas because he wants to heal you. Here's our sexuality. Oh, she didn't touch that one. So uh, here, here's fears. Oh, this looks like bark from the front yard. Here, here's, uh, here's our fears. And so when the Lord starts dealing with us, he's saying fears are controlling. Fears are limiting you. There's the fears. You're afraid of man. You're afraid of what people think about you. 
You're afraid of taking risks. And he begins to evaluate and shows you those things. That's the work of his light in our life. And how many believe light is good? And that God wants to expose those things because he wants to heal us. And so this work of sanctification we talked about last week when the Holy Spirit comes in. And he first, what does he first do? He saves us. He, he forgives us. But then he works that sanctification where when we say God is light and we're inviting light into our life, it begins to reveal darkness or twistedness or where we've bought into lies. And he wants to forgive those things and cleanse those things because he's got a future for us. Amen? He's got a plan for us. He's got a hope for us. So th- this is how it works. His light comes and you have a choice whether you're going to let him open the door or not. Revelation 3.20, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, he said, I'll come in. And so when the Lord starts to work with us about a relationship with our family and friends, sometimes it's a lot easier to love strangers than it is our own family, especially when we've been hurt. And so God begins to work, and he wants to reconcile family, and he's knocking, and he said, Would you let my light come in because I want to do some things there? I want to show you where the attitudes have come from. I want to show you why you, you can't just let go, why you, where you're still competing for attention there. And when you don't get it, why you get hurt so easy. And he begins to reveal those things, and we let him come in and say, Lord, empty that. Take, take that out, Lord. Fill it with light. Fill it with your love, God. Replace it, Lord, with your character. Replace it, Lord, with your nature. Replace that, God, with how you think about those things so I don't go through life broken, wounded, Lord, but I, I go through life fully able to receive from you and to be used by you with the right attitude and walking in the light concerning these things. Amen? Jesus said this, and, and, and this is along these lines when he's the light of the, you know, or when he said he illuminates hearts. How many remember where he called himself the light of the world? How many remember reading that in scripture? Do you remember the context where he said that? Some of you might. And it struck me again this week because in John 8 is where it's recorded where he says he's the light of the world. But you know what just had happened? They brought to him this woman caught in adultery. And uh, according to the law, they were trying to trick him. According to the law, this woman caught in adultery should have been stoned to death. And, And they were trying to trip him up concerning whether he would enforce the law you know, as a Pharisee and part of the Pharisaical mindset, would he enforce the law and command this woman to be stoned? Or would he be uh, referred to or considered as one who breaks the law and doesn't enforce the commandments of Moses? And that's what they kept trying to trap him in. And so they bring this woman caught in adultery and throw her in front of Jesus. And, okay, master, what should we do with her? And they're just saying, yeah, let's see what, what he does. If he'll stand with us and uphold God's law, what will he do? And Jesus gets down on the ground, and he begins to write. As he begins to write, they, one by one, depart. He says to him, you that it's without sin, you get to cast the first stone. And making that decree, he just waits, and he writes. Scripture says, one by one, they leave. And often we stop right there with the story and say, you know, Jesus, he, he put them in their place. If you, you know, you are no place to judge if you haven't judged your own life. And we, we go that direction with it. But right afterwards, he says, I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. He decrees and declares right there that I, I'm the one that can really examine the heart of people. I can reveal light from darkness. 
I can reveal what's going on in your life and, and what's brought darkness your way and why, why you abide in darkness. And with a prostitute, maybe, or a woman caught in adultery in front of him, he makes the same declaration to her. Honey, I'm the light of the world. He tells her, go and sin no more. But he says, I, I'm the light of the world. I can illuminate why you get stuck, why you get tripped up, why you keep going backwards, why you don't go forwards. I am the light of the world, exhorting them, open up, let God's light come in. Let God's light change things, the way we do things, how we go through life, that we be free from darkness. Amen? He says in 1 John, we, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Say, walk in the light. He's exhorting us to walk in the light, not just on a Sunday morning for a little illumination, but to begin to understand, to, to walk in it, to allow God's light, his life, his love, to, just to radiate in us, to you know, help change those things, break off those things, that we might have fellowship with one another, true fellowship. When, when we're right with God and filled with God, our fellowships can be so amazing. And then he says, as we walk in the light, this constant cleansing happens. The blood of Jesus is constantly cleansing us when we determine to come in and just to walk in the light. Not just Communion Sunday, right? But when we walk in the light, he, he, he begins to cleanse us of what? Scripture says of what? All, all sin. Anything holding us back. Anything hindering us. That's part of that fellowship with the light. This, one more, two more points here and I'm done. But this other passage got me in, and it's in James 1. It says, every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from, what's the yellow say? From the Father of Lights. When I think with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning, when I, when I think about that title for God, that he's the father of lights, plural, lights, plural, it, it just makes me think again about the creativity of God, that he's the father of lights. So if I need insight into a specific situation, guess who can give me insight into that? In James, he says, if any, right before this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God in God would give it liberally or freely. In that same context, the Father of Lights is able to give you understanding in your business, how to creatively do your job better. John, I know now in the pomegranate business, John's got, how many acres you got out there now in pomegranates? 20. And I remember when John first told me that he was going to go from the aquarium business in Morro Bay and the gift shop business to the farming business. And the learning curve, you've been around it because your family, but the learning curve was a little bit steep there in the beginning, right? How to do this right. But I, I just, talking to John, he would pray God would give him ideas. He'd go out there and do it. And now he's grown a business and now you're making syrup and jellies and what else? Pie, all kinds of pomegranate stuff. And he, weren't, he was running a family business, but God expanded it because the Father of lights gives insight and wisdom, and, and he'll show you how to do stuff that you've never done before. And that's part of the benefits of walking in the light, amen? Walking in God's intuition, walking in God's understanding that we can, when we pray to him, Father of light, show me how to do this. In relationships, God just feels like darkness, feels like we're stuck, I don't know why we're after each other, but I just, I just call on you. God, you're the father of lights. Turn the light on. Well, what's going on here where I, I can get revelation on how to get through it and make it better? And the father of lights, it says that every perfect gift comes from him. Every perfect gift comes from him. In other words, he, he's got everything you and me need. 
And the scripture says he's the father of lights. And there's no variation or shadow of turning. That he freely gives us the kingdom. And he said, if you lack wisdom, let him ask. And God would give it freely, liberally. The father of lights, God has insight for what you and me are facing. And we just have to ask and position ourselves to receive.